Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Unapologetically Different Podcast. We're back in full effect. Woohoo! And this is season six, episode 41. I'm your co host, Coach P. And I'm your co host, Key. We are really excited about today's show. We have a special guest in the studio with us today. He's a celebrity barber with clientele in various industries from music, comedy, film, professional athletics, to motivational speaking, and so much more. He's had the pleasure of working with stars such as Common, Tyga, YG, August Alsina, Joel Embiid, and many more. He's also worked with major corporations like Stars, MGM, and Turner Sport. And our guest is much more than just a barber, though. He's a savvy business owner, growing brand ambassador, business consultant, and a father. I'd like to welcome to the show the one and only Tariq Navar. How's it going, Tariq? How are you? Good morning. Good morning, man. Welcome. With that intro, I don't know what to say. I'm like, dang, I do all of that? <laughs> and I'm sure you're doing more than that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Tip of the iceberg. <laughs> How y'all doing this morning? We're doing great. I'm so happy to have you a part of our show. It means a lot. Um, I've been following you. I've known you through um, attending Syracuse University, which we'll get into in the interview. Um, I really do appreciate you being here. It means a great deal. And I feel like you're a great inspiration for a lot of us out here. So let's get into it. Yeah, definitely. So I'm, I'm just going to jump right into the questions. So, Tariq, why don't you tell us about your upbringing and how that is, has influenced your career? Um, single child, only parent mother, um, entrepreneurial, creative mom. She was a hairstylist, barber, makeup artist, um, just a ridiculously creative being who, who promoted me to be myself, to, you know, tap into my creativity, to, to just... You know, be an entrepreneur, just yeah. if I turn an idea into a business model, you know, a lot of people mis, misinterpret what entrepreneurialism is. They think like, oh, I choose to be an entrepreneur. I think entrepreneurialism is literally when you just turn an idea into a business model. And that's, that's... the that's the nurturing system that I was raised in. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's beautiful, especially. So I definitely believe your mindset, your environment, your upbringing, all of that has a major influence on just what you create out of your life and just hearing about your mom like you said she she was an entrepreneur herself she instilled those ideas and you just made something like becoming an owner a businessman just make it that much more attainable so uh, that's really awesome and um how old were you when you gave your first haircut and what was that experience like for you I was 11 years old when I gave my first haircut yeah my mom she she was one of those parents like look i I'm going to teach you how to fish um, in a bunch of different ways, and hopefully you catch some fish. But um, that was bad. You know, <laughs> it's an art. Uh, what kind of haircut was it? Because I'm a woman. I don't do haircuts. I got the natural hair. Come on, baby. It's as even and as regular as it can be. It was, the lineup was probably crooked. It's so, it's so funny. The funny story about my first haircut. Uh-huh. Uh, my first client was my cousin, my first cousin. Oh, um, you know? <laughs> Shout out to Sue, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> and ironically, he is the manager of my uh, my barbershop right now. Wow. Yeah, I so like that. From Come day full one. Circle. From day one. Yeah. Yep. I really like that. And how old was he when you gave him his haircut? He was 10. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So nice. we're close in age, just under a year younger than me. Yeah. So he didn't have no choice, pretty much. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> so what do you love most about being a barber, especially since you've been doing it for so long, since your first cut was at 11 years old? If you don't mind us asking, how old are you now? 28. I just turned 28 June 2nd. Got Happy it, belated birthday. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Gemini? 
Yep. We in the building. Oh, Lord. Oh, yeah. Damn. It's Gemini I'm season. I'm a minority. All, all, all year long. Gemini all year season. long. Virgo <laughs> season is coming up. We know what time it is. We lit. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> so, yeah, what what is it that you love most about your craft? I think just interacting with people, man. Uh-huh. Like, people is a commodity. People is the asset. Um, for me, it's just like a, a, my safe haven. Like, you know, I, I turn clients I'm into friends, yeah. um, business partners. You know, I use them to help get through situations that I'm dealing with in life. Yeah. You know, I just be transparent and put the pressure on them. You know, everybody has these unique experiences. Um, everybody has obviously lived long enough. If you can afford the services that we provide, then you've obviously created some sort of success for yourself. Mm-hmm. So I just take motivation from them. And that's my favorite part of it, man. Yeah, a, a relationship with a, a barber and his clientele is very special. Y'all are very committed. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Literally, I remember when my, my barber, I was going to him since I was like 14 years old. Yep. He actually retired about two years ago, started Ooh. driving Uber. That was like that was probably like the worst breakup I ever had in my life. Like it's oh. it's, it's never been the same, 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 same ever since that day. What? You can never you can on. never get that thrill back. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I feel like sometimes I'd be on his Facebook page like looking at an old ex, just thinking like, yo, I'll throw you like a hundred if you just come it, in, come just li- yeah. line me up real quick. I got I got a special event tonight. <laughs> Is it commitment that serious? It though? definitely is. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I got I got a handful of clients who will kill by me. Are you yeah. really? Wow. I, I mean, I understand it to some extent. I get my eyebrow ladies, so there's a commitment there. There's a real, now, there's a real commitment there. Like, I don't play no games. And also, too, with having natural hair, I do go to a stylist. So I understand how that goes. Um, so not aside from you being a barber, you also have um, the Tariq Navar app. Can you speak to it and how that, what that's like? The app, man, that was such a blessing. Let me tell you how, let me tell you how God worked, baby. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um Hair Pro Apps, the name of the company, reached out to me a couple of years ago to, to be an ambassador for them. Um, pretty much have my app for free, you know, promote it, bring other barbers, bring other cosmetologists into mm-hmm. the world of, you know, promoting with your own app. So we went through the process, created the app, you know, all of the different tabs, digging into who I am with music, with sports. You know, obviously with booking the services, you see consultation, my other um, sponsors, you know, having their segments on my app as well. Mm-hmm. And the day that they delivered the app to me, the company shut down. Wow. So they was like, here you go, man, free app. <laughs> me, Do well, you. Hey. Look at God. Yeah, Look yeah that's God. how he worked, baby. I tell you, he would make it happen. That is crazy. Yeah, man. Wow. Um, so how has that, like, can you speak to the rapid development in technology and how it changed the landscape of the barber industry? Ooh. That's a first question. of all, the, first of all, the barber industry is very slow, unfortunately. So I'm in the position. Wait, wait, can we, how slow is it? I need examples. Uh, when it comes to technology, you know, it, it's a it's a very classic walk in, you know, sit down, wait until my barber's yeah. ready. That's pretty much been the the course of yeah. you know the development of barbering. But now all of a sudden it's like boom, snap your fingers, book. And now my barber's like, I gotta put my card in. I gotta book online. I gotta you know, oh, wow. and that's that's the service that I provide. So, you know, it's different. A lot of clients are still behind, and they're like, "Man, I just can't. I can't just call you. Like, I can't just. <laughs> yeah. I can't just pull up." <laughs> <laughs> and, Yo, how many you got? How many you got right now? Yeah, how many? Yeah. How many you got? I'll, be, I'll be back in the hour. <laughs> exactly. And 
you know, fortunately, when when things really picked up for me at Syracuse and it was ridiculous doing 20 cuts a day, up texting all night, trying to figure out, you know, what times I have and all of that. It just was yeah. too much. Mm-hmm. So then I moved to online booking in 2013. Mm-hmm. And from there, you know, it took the pressure off of me for scheduling and basically put it on the client's hands. Okay. But... For a lot of people, you know, why well, I got to put my card in? You know, people, you know, you know how people yeah. are. You know yeah. how people are. Yeah. So, it so you know, the rapid development of mm-hmm. technology is has created some, you know, some some waves. I have a handful of clients who I would love to service all the time, but I just, you know, they don't they don't book online, and I do. Yeah. So it, it's 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 a give and take. It's tough, but I think that's what everybody's moving to. Yeah. You know. The shop's been open six months and seven months now. Okay. And, you know, we built a client deck of over 1,400 people already. So. Oh, wow, that's yeah. good. Thank you, thank you. Yes. Yeah, we we moving. So, they, you know, it's either like a get with it or, you know. Yeah. Maybe this isn't the, the shop. I'm not the barber, you know, for yeah. you. But how do you try to make it work? Because it seems like that's an overlap of appointments. Because if you have people contacting you via technology, which is very helpful, and then people are still old school. And those old school people are very committed to you, I'm sure. The commitment is there, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So how do you try to, when it comes to that, the overlap? Are you following up with those people who are calling you and, like, trying to make it work? Like... Yeah, we try. We try our best. I try yeah. to walk them through it. Try to make it as easy for them as possible. Yeah. But that's one thing that I'm not willing to bend on. Yeah. Is, you know, I can't do the when. When's your next appointment? Because yeah. When, when are you free next? Because it may sound like an asshole sometimes, but no, it's business. You know, sometimes the next time I'm free might not be till next Thursday. Yeah. And when you tell somebody that, you know, they, I'm not trying to make nobody feel small, or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not trying to make anybody feel. Like, yeah. I'm trying to send them off to the side, of course. but, you know, that's the system. Mm-hmm. You're running a business, so it is what it is, and you have to set an example for everybody. Um, speaking of Syracuse, what was your experience like attending Syracuse University, and how has attending SU influenced your personal growth in business? I say Syracuse was the best decision that my mom ever made for me. <laughs> <laughs> that it was a great decision for me as well. Yeah, I loved it. It was it was a it was a good environment. I you know I'm just coming from the south. I went to boarding high school, all black, so it was a completely wow. So it was a culture shock. Oh, I went out. I got to Syracuse with one suitcase, uh, and was like, figure it out. How did you, like, handle being on there in campus, going from, like, an all-black institution now transitioning to, like, predominantly white institution because that's what Syracuse University is? Yeah, you know? white people had to grow on me. I'm just telling you the truth. <laughs> white people had to grow on me. Because coming from Mississippi white people to New York white people uh-huh. is a completely different environment. You know, I, yeah. I was around. It's so crazy. Me, as a young man in my 20s, mm-hmm. in high school, I had those experiences where we were playing basketball in a white yeah, you know, against white mm-hmm. students in a white school, and they're throwing shit on the court, Confederate flags, calling us all type of the wow. words that yeah. that you know. Yeah, the N word. And mm-hmm. so I had those like hurtful experiences yeah. that like really had me looking sideways at mm-hmm. at Caucasians. But Syracuse was a great environment where, just truly speaking, there was some great white people there yeah. who just yeah. brought me up out of the shell. You know. Partying with them, uh, studying, mm-hmm. playing basketball, just all of these different experiences, realizing that's like, hey, man, white people ain't bad. 
Yeah, well, not all white people. Yeah, not all white people. Yeah. Only select a few. Cheeto <laughs> <And, Shido> Hitler. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you know, I had to hit him with that. It's a season opener. Come on. Yeah. So um, I-, I like that you speak to that because I feel like coming from New York City and being born here, you, we can take it for granted sometimes, the the environment and just the way people interact with each other. Like you said, some white people in Mississippi versus in New York is completely different. I think that's that's something I do enjoy about being in New York, the cultural melting pot, just so many different type of people and people actually just connecting and getting along. Obviously, the world isn't perfect. There's a lot of issues, social justice issues, racism that we deal with, but I think we're pretty blessed in New York City. So I, I thought that, I found that very interesting hearing that from your perspective, what you had to deal with growing up to your environment when you did go away to college. Oh, yeah. And speaking to those that, I mean, a lot of incidents are coming to the surface in terms of racial disparities within this country. And, you know, we talk about about a lot of political and social injustice stuff on this show. And speaking to that, attending the college, um, you know, previously there was a black Yale student sleeping in the lounge and a white Yale student called the cops on her. After further investigation was done, this white student has a pattern of calling the cops on black people. What was When you attended Syracuse University, did you have any kind of experiences similar to that? And and if you didn't, how would you ever react if something like that happened? Oh, man, I'm, I'm crazy. Well, you're Gemini, so y'all got two sides. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, for me, the worst the worst situations were, you know, the frat house racism. Ooh, you know? I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yes. I had to deal with a lot of that. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want you Negroes in this in this frat house. I experienced that as well. Um, so that was tough, yeah. you know, because in them situations, being, you know, an 18-year-old, mm-hmm. you know, young, not angry, but, you yeah. know, a young, confident African-American man mm-hmm. um, being told that, like, we don't want you niggas in this party. Uh, facts. That, that, you know, that was hard to swallow. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the first thing you're going to do is fill up with rage and want to want to fight. And, um, But, yeah, I don't think I would have handled that, that you very well. It. Yeah, I don't think. It's funny you speak to the fraternities. I think it's very true. What I noticed when I attended SU, you know, the black frats when they had their parties, cops was like always ready. outside it, it was ready. ready it was ready but when it came to the white fraternity parties and sorority ones cops was nowhere in sight i remember my freshman year one of the one of my um peers on the floor which was a white student told me that she went to an all-white party literally it was wearing all-white clothes but it was majority white people there and she was like it was so much drugs i didn't know what was going on i was like where was the cops not one cop was in sight Mm-hmm. But if you bun a spliff on the grass, oh, they yeah, come it's over. and you, it's over. The whole, you locked the up. The whole black population shut down. <laughs> shut down automatic. <laughs> so I'm like, what? So I was really confused by that. But I'm glad you spoke to that. And also, since we're on the topic, there have been several incidents where white people have called the cops on black people. Barbecue while black in Oakland. Yeah. Um, that's a very interesting topic. Um, Airbnb incident with Bob Marley granddaughter yeah. and poolside patty because <laughs> um, the black man was wearing white socks at the pool and that's considered a crime. You see the you see the lady who called the cops on a little girl selling water. Yeah. <laughs> Yo. that, that's the one that I was mad at. Like, you know what I'm saying? What? In terms of that, and I'm glad you spoke to that. What was your reaction in regards to these incidents that's been going on? These people childish. Yeah. These people childish. It's, it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's it's bittersweet for me. I guess mm-hmm. mine might be the most popular opinion. It's bittersweet for me. I like it in the sense that I'd rather know. Like, I'd rather know that you're, you know, in this racist space. I'd rather know that, that you know, you're full of shit. Yeah. As opposed to being in a lot of spaces before where... You know, you got to look over your shoulders yes. both ways because you don't know, mm-hmm. you know, who feels what and, you know, yeah. how people are going to respond to you. Yeah. So 
you know, glass half full. I'm I'm glad people are getting it out so we, you know, have that exposure to it. Yeah. So, you know, we won't be surprised. It's a surprise right now, you know, seeing a, a grown woman call the cops on a six-year-old girl trying to make a couple of dollars selling water. Um, sure. But, you know, it's good to know that this is how people are feeling. I'd rather know than not know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely like that red or blue pill. Yeah. It's, if you don't know what you're dealing with, you really can't do anything about it at that nope. point. So that awareness is is definitely very important. Um, and speaking to that situation about the she calling the cop on a girl, you have a son. So with that being said, did you have you ever had the talk with your son about being a black man? Oh yeah. And how did that conversation go? Uh, he's six. My son is only six, so you know it's not like a hey, listen here, sit down, son. Let me tell you about the world. <laughs> but, <laughs> the birds and the bees. Yeah, <laughs> but it's more so like when situations happen. Um, you know when when he was in a daycare, you know, in in Buckhead, Atlanta, which was you know predominantly white. He was you know definitely had the thickest hair. You know he had the the darkest skin. And well, whoa, 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 speak to the demographic of Atlanta because a lot of people think it's black Hollywood. So Buckhead primarily is majority white. The outskirts are predominantly black. Yeah, when you when you get into childcare, when you get into okay. you know the the living in Buckhead and that, I'm every, Atlanta is obviously a very pro black city. So yeah. you know on the outside you're gonna get that you're gonna feel like mm-hmm. Atlanta is you know the blackest city in in America, the blackest pro- progressive city in America, which it is. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> We still are a minority here in America, and that's okay. no different. Uh, that's no different in certain parts of Atlanta. Okay. So Buckhead is the you know is the the premier mm-hmm. location in Atlanta when, okay. it, when it comes to cost of living and you know schools and all of those situations. Okay. So um, you know he'd been in some situations where kids were just being mean to him. You know kids are mean. Period. Yeah, they are. They have no filter. Yeah, and savages. They are. <laughs> there were times that you know my son is sensitive. Like I, I'm, I'm yeah. sensitive. My mom is sensitive. He just getting honest. So you know I've had to tell him that you know you as a, as a young black man are held to a different standard. Yeah. You know when some he, he would get into it with another kid or anything. You know he felt like he was getting in trouble more than others were. Yeah. And, you know, I had to let him know that that's pretty much, you know, your daddy deals with that, too, as an adult. Like, that doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. But that just, you know, you have to be even more calm. You have to be even more cool. You have to be even more woke. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he takes to that well. He understands um, that, you know, he's held to a higher standard. Yeah. So I'm curious, how has being a father influenced your growth in your business and just in your own personal life? No plan B. Mm. Like, I don't have no options. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't, I don't get to, yeah, I don't get to be lazy. I don't get to quit. I don't get to, uh, uh, I don't, you know, I don't get those options because he's watching, you know, the last thing I want, because he's my retirement plan, first of all. <laughs> so I need him to work <laughs> harder like than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, man, just, just not being short-sighted. Like, you know, it's easy to be short-sighted until you have a kid. Right. You know, until you're responsible for the rest of your life, for the growth of another, you know, another being. After that is, you know, I'm a role model, man. I'm not not just to like my industry and to anybody else who finds motivation in in my journey, but to him 24-7. Yeah. Like the way I put on my pants influences him. Like the way I brush my hair influences him. So, you know, in business, it's it's no different. I, I have to hold an example, you know, to my staff. Um, you know, to the to the space, to the environment. And and he takes like I said, he takes to that really well, man. He 
you know, he knows that he's a business owner. He knows he has thirty oh. percent share in my company. Oh, oh wow! That's good. Yeah, so he you had that conversation too. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, I like that. he knows his roles and responsibilities. He, you know, he come from school. This is after school program. Get right to work. Like mm-hmm. there are times where he'll come tell me like, yeah, "Daddy, I don't have as much money as I need. Like I need to. I'm ready to go to work." And I'm like, <laughs> "At well, six. Well, we off <laughs> At today. Six years old. <laughs> yeah, and, and, it. It, and it's amazing. Though. It is. It is the best feeling. Mm-hmm. To have a six-year-old with that grind, with that work ethic, and who just understands things that are concept that, you know, he might not have have be speaking on or, or reading on, you know, the highest reading level in his class. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you, you know, when it comes to character, charisma, and, and work ethic, and none of these kids, they're not even close. Right. And I think those are, like what you said, character, charisma, work ethic, those things are way more important than some of the things we learn in school. Oh, I, yeah. I think... The, the way the education system works, it doesn't really set you up to be an entrepreneur, to be a business owner. It really doesn't. And really no. just create wealth. And I love that you're instilling this stuff in your child from a young age. That's that's a beautiful thing. Hashtag yeah, black excellence. <laughs> and combining that, I think one thing that my mom did that, that I took to and I'm passing to him mm-hmm. is like the smallest things, like holding the door for, for a lady. Like, mm. you know. Chivalry. Yeah, and all that stuff. Like, my mom made it seem like Mm -hmm. I won the Nobel Peace Prize every single time. Mm -hmm. And I passed that on to him. You should see him, man. Like, He'll he'll run thirty thirty yards to go open the door. If, you know <laughs> he you know he 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 he's taken to those mm-hmm. those heartfelt you know being a good person uh, traits and qualities combined with that work ethic and that you know that business mentality. And I'm just excited to see him grow and what that you know what that becomes. And yeah. speaking to that, do you want him to follow in your footsteps in terms of going to college, or do you want him to kind of do his own thing? Yeah, he do whatever he want. Okay, My, anything. Yeah, my my only rule for him is just be a good person. Okay. Yeah, he can, you know, he don't have to be a barber. It's so funny, he wants to be an engineer now. Okay. Um, he he's a hell of a builder. He's yeah. great with numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, whatever he wants to do, man, as long as he's a good person and and you know, is part of the pro- uh, part of the solution instead of part of the problem, man, mm-hmm. I could care less. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's dope. I obviously all of us here went mm-hmm. to college, but. I do feel that college isn't the only route. Like I said before, it teaches you a certain set of skill sets. It's good for networking and meeting people. But I think when it comes to building wealth, creating your own business, becoming an owner, a lot of those things, those are, I feel like a lot of those things have to do with like character, like you said, grit, determination, hard work, work ethic. I like that word, grit. Sounds so dirty. (laughs) Say it again. It's, this is a family show, Keith. We keep, keep it classy. We'll, t- we'll talk classy all, ratchet. Yes, we'll talk all fair. <laughs> Welcome to Unapologetically Different Podcast. <laughs> we get a little lit over here. I love it. <laughs> I'm glad you do. So it seems like family is very important to you, and obviously you have so much going on with your business. How do you really balance all of that with your work life, personal life, and just family time? Do you even have a social life? Uh, I I'm lucky enough to because <laughs> I you know I have a a, a six person staff who wow. you know is part of my family structure you know I have dozens of clients who've been riding with me for years um, you know I built some great relationships from Syracuse yeah and you know pretty much if you're around me you know that you're not gonna hear from me every day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that's that fine. but you know if I ever loved you I always love you like that's how I was raised okay. So what is your schedule like day to day? Um I'm I'm pretty much up early. I get to the gathering spot. Have y'all heard of the gathering spot in Atlanta? No. no. 
Oh, man. Dope co-working space. Um, restaurant, meeting rooms. I pretty much run. So it's like, like a WeWork for here. We have something. It's more. Of, it's more of a Soho house than a WeWork. Oh, we don't know what a Soho house. There's Soho house out here. It's pretty much like a you know it's, it's a members only club. Creative, you know. Oh. Yeah, creative networking. Okay. But you know, work. They have podcast rooms. They have pretty much everything that you need to okay. you know run your entrepreneurial endeavors and just networking with like minded mm-hmm. people. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, you got to look it up, man. Yeah. Those guys, uh, Ryan and TK, uh, the founders at Georgetown alum, I, it, it sucks trying to be cool with Georgetown people. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> no but they're good dudes. Yeah. But they're good dudes, so I put it past. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but right, yeah, cool. so on the day-to-day, like I, you know, get How up. How early do you get up? Um, if I try not to sleep past seven. Okay. Wow, that's good. Very ambitious. Yeah, get mm-hmm. up in the morning, um, eat breakfast at the gathering spot. Um, you know, pull out my iPad, knock out some work. Okay. Um, you know, one on ones with my team, with my staff, making sure they staying close to their objectives, mm-hmm. staying motivated. Um, you know, and then client work, just mm-hmm. client work, networking. Um, you know, it's, it's different every day, but as far as the the core of like getting up in the morning and getting work done, you know that that I don't sacrifice. And yeah. what are some qualities you notice in your team that makes you a proud business owner? You speak very highly of them, which is good. I think I rub off. They, like, they do a great job of, like, taking, like, my best qualities. Ooh. So. Can you speak to your best qualities? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Hit you with one of those. Yes. Well, the way I shower. No, I'm just playing. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my best qualities is, like, you know, I, I drown out excuses. Like, I, I, I literally, I don't, you know, I suffocate excuses for myself and, you know, for my team, I think they take that. They know when we do our one-on-ones, our group meetings, like, I don't give a shit about why I did something didn't get done. Mm-hmm. Like, and I hold myself to that standard, so I hold them to it. Yes, so, I like that. So, you know, we're being very solution-based. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they see that I'm a perfectionist in, you know, in, in how I interact with clients and that finished product. Mm-hmm. So they take to that as well, like, you know, Pretty much, they take the best qualities. And, okay, you know I can be a little, uh, you know, loud and abrasive sometimes. So not, loud and abrasive. Yeah, not not in in any disrespect or anything, but you know I, I definitely keep the tone in the mm-hmm. room. I make sure everybody, you know, is gelling and mixing well together, and that's something that, you know, it, it can be tough on some people sometimes, but it's all out of love and to get the best out of everybody. You know, I don't let anybody, you know. St- fall by, by the wayside and, mm-hmm. and you know no 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 staff member left behind if you may <laughs> yeah. I, like that. I like that so what are some of your future aspirations and like where do you see yourself 10 years from now 10 years from now i'll be 38 my son will be 16 i'm just want i just want to travel with him and, and go whatever sports that he's playing i just want to you know be on the sidelines with him be honest with you yeah um you know, I'm taking it one day at a time. I, I stopped setting goals because I learned for myself, like, when I reach them, I'm like, uh, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, all it does for me is, like, achieving goals at this point is, like, a, a, a boost to the ego, which I don't care for. Okay. And then, you know, trying to re-figure out what's next. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm just, every single day, just be more, just be productive every day and just let what happens happen. Yeah. Um, but, you know, 10 years from now, I hope that, this same grind and the same work that work ethic leads me to, you know, a lot less of those early wake ups, um, a lot more delegating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, family time. Yeah. 
It's family time. I really like that. That's very dope. And I like that you kind of went to where you be at age-wise and also your son. You can tell where your focus at, family first for you, and it's priority. So oh, yeah. that's really cool, even though that you have been doing so much and your career is advancing, at least family is the base and the core of who you are. And I think that's really amazing. Um, so how important is it for you to have diversity at your shop in terms of employing and empowering women barbers? Uh, I'm, I was raised by one. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that, that. That's the everything that you see, the reason I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um Every every bit of everything from Syracuse to my entrepreneurial endeavors as a child to, you know, everything now is come from a woman, okay. you know. So I'm I'm huge on, you know, having women working in the space, giving women equal opportunities. Okay. Um, you know, it brings out the best sides of me. I get to be a security guard in there because, you know, some dudes don't know how to act. You know, they think they come in there and, you know, think it's Tinder. Think the barbershop is <laughs> Tinder. Swipe to the right. So, you know, I, it brings out that, that, that pit bull in me where I get to protect, yeah. you know, you know, use it's that protective tinder. gene. Yeah, because the conversations in the barbershops be a little mm, questionable oh, yeah. and concerning. Oh, yeah, sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I see you stepping in. And in terms of you being a business owner and the importance of having equality, what is your take on women being paid equally in regards to their male counterparts? Man, if if a if a duck, if if a pit bull, if if a man, if a woman can get the job done, man, I don't you know I don't care what you look like and, and what yeah. your sex is, what your mm-hmm. race is. If you if you can get the job done, you know there's a rate for that. Mm-hmm. I don't think it should be contingent on man, woman, you know, age, all of that stuff, man. If if you can get the job done and reach your objectives, you know, and, and blow that shit out the park, man. You know, you deserve you deserve to be compensated equally for that. Yeah, okay. definitely. And so, what separates you and your brand from your competition? Other people trying to do what you do. Whew, it's a loaded one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I I jumped out. You know, I jumped out pretty early. Um, the structure at my barbershop is a little bit different. You know, most barbershops are just booth rent, which they rent the chair, they pay you every week. And, you know, you keep it moving. Um, in my structure, we have a commission structure where we do a split of the revenue um, okay. through the way people come. So it's different. Like, you know, a lot of white shops, a lot of Asian shops, a lot of European shops, you know, this is the model that they've set. Okay. Um, because essentially they are employees. Um, in a booth rent model, I'm pretty much like the landlord. And they're like, yo, bro, as long as you keep the lights on, stay out my way. Okay. So... <clears throat> It's so it's less control and less respect. Yeah, if it's that yeah. Angle. Okay. But you know, and the way the way I go, I bring so much, man. I I put my heart in this shit, man. So okay. You know, I I come with the marketing background. I come with the you know the the elite client customer service client retention background. Mm-hmm. You know, lead generation. I'm I'm actually you know a CEO. I'm not just you know most people are like you CEO of a barbershop like. No, this is a, a different yeah. model. You know, we're building, we have events. We do, we we literally are churning out, you know, I want everybody who's in my space to, mm-hmm. to be better than me. So, you know, I, I need that. I need that respect from them. I need the ability to, you know, speak to them yeah. uh, and motivate them. And in a lot of booth rent models, which is the typical barbershop model, you know, if you tell somebody that they did something wrong, chances mm-hmm. are they're looking at you like, you know, who you talking to, stay out my way. Yeah. So, you know, what I'm doing is a different structure, and, you know, it's more lucrative long-term for everybody as well. 
Okay. Yeah. And you're, obviously, you're not only growing your business but you're, and your brand. You're also helping develop other people. Can you, like, share with our audience a little bit about the consultation that you offer? I, I Man, I grew into the consultations um, all day long on Instagram, on in email, and on the app, inquiries on the app. Mm-hmm. People are like, hey, man, how do you do this? How can I get there? How I want to be where you can you mentor me? Stuff like that. And it's, it, you know, supply and demand. That's uh-huh. true. Supply and demand. Yeah. I, I, I understand that what I do in this industry is definitely a premium. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't have to be working in my space to, to get, you know, to, yeah. to have access to that. So doing the consultations has been great, man. Like, that, you know, I'm relatively new in it. Um, I've just pretty much had to sit down and with every subject had to create, you know, a whole itinerary, a whole roadmap you know, to give some good takeaway. Okay. But, you know, it's grown into a $250 an hour, you know, consultation with a three-hour minimum. So, oh, wow. you know, it's cool, man. It's, it's People take a lot of value from it. Yeah. Um, and, and it's something I'm comfortable doing. Yeah. Like, okay. it's right. It's not, you know, I'm not stretching. I'm not, you know, it's not financial-based. Mm-hmm. Like, it just feels right, and, and, and it brings that value to people. And that, you know, fortunately... There's a price tag for it. Yeah, it happens. It's business. Yeah, I think that's one of the most important things. When you're creating value for other people, you're able to bring that for them. People get compensated for that. And it's when you can find like that healthy medium of bringing knowledge that you have, being able to share with other people so that they're getting something out of it. It that's that's like the magic spot right there. Oh yeah. And do you mind sharing what what are some of the the courses that you provide consultation with? Oh man, you know, building the world's best clientele is one of the subjects. Um, you know, okay. ba- we go through basic or advanced marketing strategies. Um, you know, I have newly released just last year a startup called Navar Media, okay. where it's a digital advertising agency, and one of the services that has been really big is called Navar Social, mm-hmm. where we pretty much handle your Instagram engagement. You know, we you create your target market, and we pretty much engage with them within Instagram's guidelines twenty four seven. So you know, we handle you know of course to build your instagram engagement you need to like pictures you need to comment on people you need to do you know and you've been doing a whole lot because you at fifty thousand now <laughs> okay and those are real people yeah those are real people yeah yeah and i did not buy i can sit on record with a lot of people out here faking it for the ground <laughs> right that, that i have not purchased one follower yeah a lot of people can't say that they yeah. can't which is true that's yeah, a lot of work fifty thousand followers and get like four likes facts <laughs> like, ain't those, fooling those, nobody <laughs> That's something on sound right there. <laughs> something is a little These old. numbers ain't adding up. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that. man. But, you know, digging into that, um, you know, shape-shifting from working behind the chair, which yeah. is obviously what barbers do. You mm-hmm. work from behind the chair to actually be in a business mind and mogul, you know, in the in the office space in front of your computer and, you're, you know, outside of the shop. Yeah. So that's a handful of the, the services that I provide, you know, to this point. I know you don't believe in goals because it's your ego, but what is like your long term aspirations with this down the road? I'm just just to, just to continue to provide you know better opportunities for everybody else, man. I want okay. I want people to leave motivated. I want people to you know to to I don't want to say do what I do because mm-hmm. can't you can't be me. Baby. You can't. Come on, it's you only can't. one you. But <laughs> but I do want you know I do really want everybody to just do better mm-hmm. like I think that's the solution to a lot of the issues that we have going on you know if everybody just focused better you know educated themselves and, and just locked in on 
you know, what they're good at and stop focusing on what we're bad at. That's like, true. I think the whole world would be a much better place. Or comparing yourself to other people. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I don't. I and don't a bigger that. factor, too, I feel it's fair. A lot of us feel, <clears throat> not a lot. I feel there's a good content of, and I felt that in my life, like, you being successful or living up to that standard, like creating that lifestyle of being success, successful and then living up to that standard. It's a lot for people. Not a lot of people could take that on. Oh, yeah. So the fair factor is another thing that plays a part into who you are and you building your career and your craft. Oh, yeah. And it's hard. As an entrepreneur, you're learning in and out, day in and day out. You're being constantly challenged on every ground. So to kind of keep that momentum and consistency is a big thing. Oh, yeah. So I like that. That's your angle and approach to it. So I got to ask... Who has been your most memorable client that you've worked with? And who is your dream client that you haven't worked with that you'd love to sit down and work with? Whew, my most memorable client. Man, that's tough, man. It's like choosing your favorite child. <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes. So many of them, man. Um, I just throw out a couple, man. Common was definitely one of Ooh. I've worked with Common for a couple of years now. Um, just the way he approaches his profet you know, his mm-hmm. craft, um, his mental the way he attacks mental health, the way he, you know, eats what he puts yeah. into his body. You know, I, I get some people you just know yeah. who just get it, what it takes to be a healthy being and provide, you know, mm-hmm. just good energy to people yeah. around them. Like Common definitely um, when I first started working with him in 2014 or 15, excuse me, I think we early 2015. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I was 20, just turned 25 or about to turn 25. Okay. And to, you know, be kind of put in, taken under the wing of somebody yeah. like that, um, that was huge for me. Um, one of my favorite clients ever, you know, was Joel, uh, okay. Joel Embiid mm-hmm. for the Sixers. <laughs> just when I say, like, not a dull moment. <laughs> oh, man. Joel Embiid, I've been working with him since probably 2014. Yeah. Uh, hilarious. Just just literally a hilarious guy, hard worker. Yeah. Um, seven foot two, you know, damn near 300 pounds. in <laughs> in um, you know, Moments like that, like he, you know, the curl sponge phenomenon. He wanted a curl sponge for me. And I was like, well, if you want a curl sponge, he's asked me how much was it. I was like, if you wanted, you got to beat me in a wrestling match. And I just like speared him. Like literally (laughs) speared him on the bed in this hotel. And I learned a valuable lesson that day in what seven foot, 300 pound means. And I I thought when I tackled him, like, oh, I got him. He literally just lifted me up upside down. And I'm not a little guy. Yeah. Yeah. He lifted me up upside down and like dropped me on my head. And it was... See, see these moments just with clients are, you know, <laughs> this is the behind the scenes that you behind don't see scenes. on the ground it ain't on the ground alright yeah, cool. um, exclusive so it sounds um, like he won the sponge yeah, like he yeah. He, yeah. He, I gave him two of them actually. <laughs> two sponges one for the road and one for home nice um, and you know one of my closest 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 clients turned friends has been Lamore and Morris from New Girl okay um, just when I say like opened up his home to me opened mm-hmm. up his network you know, just just being around, traveling with him to to you know different um, opportunities that he gets, yeah. And you know, I, moments like that where you know you start out doing a haircut and super picky about his lineup to to you know traveling together and you know yeah. actually FaceTime, hopping on the phones, mm-hmm. being cool like those those moments. Um, and I can go for days, man. With like I said, this it's hard. It's like picking your only kid. It's understandable. Yeah. It's but, fine. But yeah, it's it's been a handful of them. 
it's good that you have that rapport with your clientele. It's not just them pulling up and getting a haircut, but the fact that they're FaceTiming and talking with you outside of the scope of that and building up your network too, kind of spanning in, getting an idea of the people that they work with. That's good. That means you have really good energy and you're putting it out there among um, your clientele. Mm -hmm. We discuss mental health a lot on our show, and I'm glad that you kind of touched on that with Common. Can you speak to a time in your life at if there was ever a point that you felt depressed and how did you recover? Who shit. Was it uh, July? <laughs> um, <laughs> you come up with the loaded questions. Last, what time it is? Ironic, man. I had my first anxiety attack last month. Wow. Yeah, that was tough, man. Um, I was gearing up for a series of events. We had four events in one weekend. Um, Stress overload. Client, you know, obviously your son. Business, yeah. You know, it was just so many things, man. And I literally like lost control of like it sounds like it, it sounds weird. It's still weird for me to say out loud, but like I literally like lost control of like my thought and like my mind, and it literally like locked me up physically. And it was like the most uncomfortable feeling that I ever felt. So you know, and and from there, I literally made it. You know, it was only a month or so ago, but I've made it um, my personal business to just do the things that I like, like playing basketball and working out more. Like being around people who generally make me happy and yeah. make me, you know, make me smile. I'm um, just focusing less because I'm, you know, my whole thing was when my son was born when I was 21. Mm-hmm. Was just put my head down until I'm 30, work my fucking face off, yeah. and then see what happens. And you know, now having to ease up on that just a little bit, just to you yeah. know take care of Tariq the human mm-hmm. versus you know Tariq Navar the brand the business yeah. on the, the the dad the blah 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 because I'm I, I know my calling is to like take care of the people around me like that's that's just who I am you can't take that away from me yeah um but learning how to you know take care of myself and surrounding myself with people who care about me as well okay as opposed to you know what can you do for me how can I grow from you yada yada because that's the, the you know that's the narrative for for a brother like myself, young, you know, visually successful, yeah. um, huge network, you know, in, in in all these different industries, everybody looks at me and like, oh, he got money. Uh, how can I, you know, this is so yeah. easing away from, you know, being that accessible to everybody around the clock mm-hmm. and like kind of locking in and focusing in on the things that actually make me feel happy and full as a person has been, you know, the the change that I've made since. Since getting beat up by anxiety. Have y'all ever been beat up by anxiety? That's yeah, that, that, that actually happened to me one time before, and it was, like you said, one of the most uncomfortable experiences I've ever had. I never had that experience. Like, um, anxiety attack, I never had that. I don't know what it's like. I saw it when I was watching Soul Food. But, like, I'm being <laughs> serious, because Terry had it, and I was like, what's going yeah. on with her? I just did not... I don't know what the process is like. And I'm like, how do you, what do you do? Like, who's helping you? And it just looked really scary watching it, but I never had that experience. So I can't speak to it. Yeah, I just lost my breath. I couldn't breathe. Like, yeah, my heart yeah. just started racing. I tried like, to go to sleep. I couldn't go to sleep. And so you were, like, by your, like, you were sleeping. Like, it wasn't no, like it you started, No, it, it, okay. it took a couple hours. I was out um, at this spot called Main Event, Little Bowling Alley. Um, me, my cousin, and my son. Okay. We had grabbed food, and it started there. I think, okay, so I'm going to give a quick rundown. Yeah. Uh, it was a Thursday, and, you know, real successful day at the shop. Everybody is, you know, churning out haircuts. I I you know, sun up to sun down. So I was off my phone all day. And I got to my phone, you know, toward the end of the night after eight. And I had like 47 missed calls, like 41 text messages, like a handful of emails. 
And she, you know, I was like, I don't even know how, where I even start to, to sort this shit out. And, you know, with a series of events coming that weekend with, you know, obviously having the day to day stresses, Mm -hmm. I, I, I lost it. It like, literally I felt like slowly like locking up. Oh, wow. And by the time I got home that evening, man, it was, it, I, I it was over. Like, I, I don't know how to explain it. I was literally like paralyzed. Wow. Yeah, it was that was it was uncomfortable. And that's yeah. how you felt here. Well, luckily for me, I was dealing with an issue at work at the time, and an email came in that I misread. It was like one o'clock in like the morning. Email the day. And it just had me freaking out. Cause I'm like, there's no if this if if there's this issue, there's no way I can do anything about this mm-hmm. now. And I just like you said. debilitated I couldn't move I was just like what the like what am I gonna do and then I just sat down and looked at the screen again and I'm like oh my god I read that wrong like Uh, and then I just sat back able to breathe yeah and I and like literally all my like faculties and functions started coming back and I was like did I just literally have an anxiety attack like yeah. What am I doing with my life yep, right no, now? Man, that's the like, first question after. Wow. What am I doing with my life? Like, <laughs> when did it get to this point? Yeah. yeah. And it was like, for me, after that time, I really started getting more interested in, like, mental health, um, meditation. Self-care. Just, yeah, exactly, Same. self-care, because that stuff really is important to you. There's this quote that I really like that says, a calm mind is a healthy mind. And mm-hmm. a lot of times we're just constantly whizzing, going, and not really, like you said, um, making time for the human not the the father the brand the employee yeah. the boyfriend whatever you whatever yeah. hats that you have a lot of times we're not making time for just kind of getting Pressing back the to mirror. exactly yep. and when you don't take care of yourself and your cup is empty especially like someone like you and I, I feel the same way about myself i like to take care of the people around me if you're not making sure your cup is full you really won't be able to help yeah, and fill other people yeah. other people's cups yeah and since we're on the topic of self-care we're really big on you know doing forms of self-care whether it's yoga meditation working out at the gym what are you doing to get self-care <laughs> and i know you're big on family you're spending time with your son and you step away from work but aside from that what are you doing specifically for you um now you know playing basketball a couple times a week um tuesday and thursday nights we hit la fitness and ball on e-boys um <laughs> i mean are you winning these games oh, oh them scores looking oh, like bro oh, oh, of course Brandon. no honey had jl smiths it, over here it, it works <laughs> Anything is possible. <laughs> but no, nah, uh, yeah, definitely, you know, basketball is something I've done my whole life. I mm-hmm. grew up in it. You know, it, it provided a lot of great opportunities for me um, as a kid traveling mm-hmm. to different colleges, you know, uh, scholarship opportunities and things like that. So it's something that I was since two years old, like, okay. you know, playing basketball. So getting back to that, I'm um, healthy workout routine. Um, what is that routine like? Early morning workouts, man. Okay. Oh, man. Hey, but to get the day, you feel good. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, you feel when good. When your body's accustomed to it, though. Yeah. If you're starting out, it's a little hard. So I'm about three weeks in right now. Okay. You know, I've, I, I feel the, the difference. Okay. You know, obviously you see the difference in your body, too. But more, more importantly, like, you feel the difference. Are you motivating yourself to work out or you have a trainer? Um, My manager. My, okay. My, my first client at 10 years old, my okay. right-hand man. You know, he, mm-hmm. he's my workout partner, my trainer. You know, cool. I got a, a couple clients who... They're like, hey, I'm hitting the gym, you know, come yeah. through at this time. So, you know, I make sure to get in there at least at least three to four days a week now. That's nice. good. That's a really good balance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking about balance, are you seeing someone in a relationship married? What is your dating life like? Yeah. <laughs> I'll get to Whew. it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm, I am, man. I mean, you're a handsome man, so might as well. Thank Continue. you, thank you. I'm Keith single. Just <laughs> uh, <laughs> put that out there yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it. You know, it it was tough for a point for me because you obviously know, you know, if you're going to be in a relationship, a woman is obviously going to want to be a priority. Hello. And Hello. and Come on. for me, it was tough for for a stretch. Yeah. Especially dating in Atlanta. Um, yeah. You know, like I said, I, I have I'm visually successful, yes. quote unquote. So people make their own interpretations for that. Mm-hmm. So the, so I've had pretty much a bad draw, great woman, but a bad draw of yeah. You know people thinking women thinking they jumping into it and pulling me away from what I got going on and you know when that I'm very transparent about that's not Mm -hmm. you know that's not my language yeah um it just hasn't worked too well for me in that space but you know I am uh dating long distance okay um she actually here in New York nice um you know love her to death we were dating in college okay that's Um, sweet you know, took a step back. Now we reconnected. And she was making a lot of things happen. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, circle. man. Some, okay. you know, it's 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 a situation where, you know, as you go out, you date, you meet other people, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't realize it, but I was learning that I was chasing a feeling that that I had received from her, her family, mm-hmm. um, years ago. That that I just it couldn't be replicated. Yeah, and. You know the the with me losing my mother a few years ago with you know sorry, sorry to hear that. that no it was you know life yeah yeah life mm-hmm. but um you know with with her mother and the role that her mother took with me helping my son out and my you know me my son my dog at the time like yeah. just treating me like family no judgment no mm-hmm. you know no issues I'm a, for who you are yeah yeah mm-hmm. and that that shit is so important man because I'm sure. a complex dude. Like I'm not, you know. You a Gemini? So yeah, I know. yeah. I, I'm I a Gemini, one, so I know what time it is. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of sides, boy. I'm I'm definitely ambitious as shit. Probably yeah. to a fault. Like if yeah. there was a drug that I could take to like take some ambition out, mm-hmm. like I would definitely I would take that shit every day. <laughs> <laughs> so I know it's tough yeah. to deal with, but but yeah, man. You know, she she does a hell of a job. I don't know how. I mm-hmm. tell her all the time she must be crazy, but she does a hell of a job. You know, balancing with with her life and and mine. And yeah, I'm happy. I'm very happy. Cool. And what are some valuable lessons you've learned over the years with dating that you want to share with our listeners, besides um, chasing a feeling? Um, there's a handful of them, man. Mm-hmm. You know, one, make sure you're ready. I think that was a mistake that I that I, you know, when the opportunity represented itself for mm-hmm. us to connect, you know, I still had you know a handful yeah. of loose ends that that needed to tie up. Yeah, that mm-hmm. I, that I didn't tie up beforehand. Okay. And trying to do that on the fly is tough. Mm-hmm. So, you know, making sure you're prepared um, for a relationship before you start one. Okay. Um, and, and two, man, just, you know, being being just ridiculously, you know, unselfish. Okay. Um, obviously, somebody like myself who, who works my ass off to make sure things work and happen, you know, the way that I try to draw them out or mm-hmm. at least somewhere close to it. Um you know, you, you generally bring that energy to a relationship and that's not really how it works. Okay. You know, there's no there's no work ethic that I can put in to make you feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just being a lot more flexible mm-hmm. and just being okay with, you know, y'all human. Yeah. And human, human shit is going to happen. And, you know, working on somebody else's timeline with somebody else's heart and mind, um, it's a different level of patience. Yeah. 
So, the, you know, the patience level and obviously the preparation. Um, but, you know, once, you, once you're once in it, man, it's, you know, she's my best friend. So. That's good. So it's it's not a struggle. It's not you know stress. I don't feel like I'm I'm balancing yeah. everything with her. You know I, everything just ebbs and flows. Okay. So yeah. Yep. That's that's my. Uh, this is actually the first <laughs> podcast that I talked about my my <laughs> dating life on because before it was a mess. <laughs> before it was a damn mess. <laughs> but now it's organized. Now it's organized yeah. and it's good. And yeah, exactly. You got the exclusive unapologetically different podcast. <laughs> right. right. Drop, yeah, drops flex that. bomb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, thank you for opening up about that. Oh yeah. Thank you. So you've been an entrepreneur since you were a teenager and through college and continually growing your brand and your business now. What advice would you have for aspiring entrepreneurs who are young? And those who are older but feel that their time has passed or they don't have enough time to, to really start their own business and, and go down the path that you're going on. So for the younger ones, realize that you have time. Mm-hmm. Like I, mm. Time is the asset. I would trade everything that I have right now to be 16 because wow. <laughs> time is the asset. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody's like, oh, I need to do this by then. I need to, oh, by 25, I need to, by 20. Like twenty five, you're still a fucking baby. <laughs> I mean, like I, I, true. I think at twenty five, like I just got the last bit of Similac off my breast at twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> and here I at twenty, he got breast milk on his stomach. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Keep continue. Mm-hmm. So, so for my younger people, you know, try everything, taste every fucking thing. Yeah. Like I, you know that that worked for me, and mm-hmm. I fell into exactly what worked for me, and you know what helped is helping generate wealth and assets and, and value for myself, my family, my, my, you know, my employees, my, my industry in general. Um, so for my younger people, just taste everything. Like you have time Uh and, you know, for my, for my old quotes, older people, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're not athletes. I think we, we idolize athletics so much that we see, you know, we call LeBron old, and he's thirty three. Mm-hmm. Like you know, <laughs> like re- let's get to it. Yeah, in yeah. in entrepreneurialism, like you know, your retirement age is like ninety five. Mm-hmm. Like you can still be an entre- you. This this game doesn't end. Yeah. Like, fall in love with the journey. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't care what what the calendar says. I don't care. You know, like I said, I don't do goals. Like yeah. I'm just here for the everyday grind. And I know for a fact it's like I'm being pulled in two directions, like with with like with like speed and patience. Yeah. Like on a day to day, I want to work faster and work harder than everybody else. Mm -hmm. Like that's the speed. Mm -hmm. And I understand that shit ain't going to shake for 50 years. Yeah. Like that's the patience. Okay. So, you know, unless you're 75 years old, Mm -hmm. you know, you got plenty of time. Mm -hmm. I don't people 40. And I know just coming from a 20, you know, 28 year old talking about the 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this is, comes from the wisdom that my my clients, my mentors, my mom, my, my you know, my aunts and uncles mm-hmm. have given me. My, my uncles and my aunts in their 50s, and they still feel like they can outrun me. They still think That's they can good. outrun they my 20s. They got that energy. Yeah, so, like and, that. and that helps me realize that, like, shit, I'm 28 and I got 40 more years yeah. before I lose some energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's there's no end date. Mm-hmm. Like you got time. Yeah. Okay. And also to end on this point, is there any future projects coming up that you haven't mentioned that you'd like to share with our listeners? No, I got into the Navarre Media and the Navarre Social stuff. That you know that's something that I'm really excited about. Yeah. Um, because that's the the 
the 2018-19 way, you know, mm-hmm. social media, building brand on social, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, you know, handful of movies. The one project, yes, I'm very excited about. October 19th, The Hate You Give. I don't know if y'all oh, have seen yes. any movie premieres for yeah. that yet. Yes. I saw the trailer. Yes, The Hate You Give. It looks really good. That yeah. movie is going to be amazing. I had the luxury and the, the blessing to... Um, create all the looks for the men in the movie. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah, it was it's it was really 20th Century Fox, huge yeah. huge project. Okay. Um and like I said October 19th that hits theaters and I, man, I'm so excited about that. I might shed one thug tear <laughs> in the movie. Like filming that was hard, you know, yeah. night scenes, riots, the the whole racial yeah. divide and the racial tension. You know, it, it that one is going to be one of those movies that's dear to my soul. Yeah. Um and October 19th, I'm looking forward to that coming out. Right, awesome. Cool. Yeah, I definitely want to check that out. I, oh, I was yeah. actually watching the trailer yesterday, yeah. and it's just so important and relevant to what we're dealing with in today's time. Like, that looks powerful. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, definitely. So let the listeners know where they can find you, where they can connect with you, and just, just be in touch with you. So I got, I got lucky. Uh, <laughs> I'm the only Tariq Navar ever. Nice. Oh, wow. So you can just Google or... Instagram, yeah. Twitter, Facebook. Like, I'm the only Tariq Navar, T-A-R-I-Q-N-E-V-A-R. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the only Tariq Navar ever. Like, even if you search Tariq now, you might have to go to, like, the second or third page in Google. Okay. But, you know, mm-hmm. or, and I'm the only Navar spelled the way that, you know, it is that. So I'm first page now. I'm a, this is new. Nice. <laughs> like, I'm glad we're doing this today. So I can, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, anywhere, uh, Tariq Navar, you know, in the App Store and mm-hmm. Google on any social media site. Um, yeah, I'm out there. Okay. And people can book uh, a people can book a session with you through the app. Yep. That's yeah. That, uh, I'm glad we went did this. Yeah. The the easiest, <laughs> the best place to find me <laughs> is the Tariq Navar app in uh, Android Play Store and Apple App Stores. Um, because that's pretty much the hub for okay. me. That's, you can pretty much stay current with everything that I'm tweeting, talking about, posting, okay. um, any service that I provide, mm-hmm. what music I'm listening to, okay. you know, what videos I'm, I'm releasing, what vlogs, yeah. with you know, projects that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. So the Tariq Navar app is the the one stop shop, the easiest place to to connect with me. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. That's really dope. All right, we about to wrap this up. Oh man, <laughs> we really appreciate five, five more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good interview, huh? Yeah, this is great, man. <laughs> yeah, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to come into the studio and just really sit down, get to know you. It was a pleasure having you, and really hope to get to have you back on the show someday in the future. That's that's actually what Definitely. I was going to ask. I was yes. Gonna ask. Uh, I don't know if you I can be, be twice on show. season. Yes, can you I, can. Can mm-hmm. I do season seven? <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> we, we may have to make a trip down to ATL. Yeah, no, and come and on down. Out there. Now you come on down to Atlanta now. We, I, I got some guests for you. you oh, can, yes. You can do an unapologetically ATL tour. <laughs> That'd and, be really cool, actually. Yeah, yeah. That's something I will definitely look into. Um, thank you so much for coming on our show and really speaking to your experience and what it's been like, all the trials and tribulations you've had, and the fact that you're continuing to grow in this industry, and the fact that family is the core of who you are, which I truly appreciate. And we just wish you the best of luck on this journey. Continue that momentum, that energy. Make sure you're doing your self-care, because that's primary and that's first. <laughs> um, and thank you again so much. I'm just so happy 
happy and humbled that you're here. And I'm so excited that we did this interview. Me yeah. and Pierre was really nervous, but um, I'm so excited. Yeah, thank you. That's no, really okay. Y'all did a hell of a job. <laughs> this is easily, easily one of the best interviews that I've ever done. Um, you know, in the last five years, I'm, I, I felt comfortable the whole time. You know, I love the energy that y'all both provide, and I thank love what y'all you. got going on. I'm looking That's forward to here. following along and, and <laughs> putting this. You know, as far out as I can. Awesome. Oh, that that means we got to go. Okay, <laughs> okay, it's time to go. Uh, so <laughs> once again, guys, thank you for tuning in. Make sure if you haven't already, check out the Apple Store or the Android Store for the to purchase the ringtone that you hear playing in the background right now. And you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at unapologeticd underscore. And you can find our shows on Stitcher, iTunes, and SoundCloud, and on Facebook by searching unapologetic different stay tuned for our next episode bye